0: Thank you, choir, orchestra, Kevin, Miriam. I always enjoy the uh, patriotic music when we have July the 4th celebration. Mark, thank you for uh, preaching in my absence last week. You uh, apparently did a little too well because I've heard a lot of people telling me what a great job you did. I don't particularly enjoy hearing that, but thank you anyway for for preaching in my absence. I was... uh, attending a conference in Washington, DC and heard a Jewish rabbi speak about the foundation on which a kingdom is built. And he contrasted the kingdom that was built by Nimrod and the kingdom that was built by Abraham. Nimrod built a kingdom on mankind, on humanism. Abraham, on the other hand, built his kingdom on the foundation of God. I feel that is the struggle we have in America today because we are trying to decide, are we going to have a country that is built on the foundation of God or are we going to have a country that is built on humanism or secularism? I want us to look at that story because it's very interesting, found in Genesis chapters 10, 11, and 12, so we'll look at some of those verses. Take your Bibles, turn with me to Genesis chapter 10, and look at verse number 8. Now Cush became the father of Nimrod. He became a mighty one on the earth. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord, therefore it is said, like Nimrod a mighty hunter before the Lord. Now look at chapter number 11, verse 1. Now the whole earth used the same language and the same words. And it came about as they journeyed east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. And they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they used brick for stone and they used tar for martyr. And they said, Come, let us build for ourselves a city and a tower whose top will reach into heaven, and let us make for ourselves a name, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, Behold, they are one people, and they all have the same language. And this is that what they began to do, and now nothing which they Purpose to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and there confuse their language that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of the whole earth, and they stopped building the city. Therefore its name was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of the whole earth, and from there the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of the of the whole earth. As we look at this passage of scriptures, we look at the story which I believe speaks to us today. He begins in chapter 11, verse number 4, where it was said, Let us build for ourselves a city. And what I want us to do as we begin is to look at the kingdom that was built by Nimrod. Now, Nimrod is mentioned three times in Scripture. His name means rebel, or we will rebel. Nimrod, the Matthew Henry said, was a mighty hunter. That is, he was a violent invader of his neighbor's rights and properties, and a persecutor of innocent men, carrying all before him and endeavoring to make all his own by force and violence. Nimrod actually, during his time, became proverbial. When a boy was a good hunter, he was said to be like Nimrod because he was a hunter. He reached almost mythological stature. Nimrod during his day was Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, all wrapped into one. He reached mythological proportions. The thing that is fascinating to me about this man is that he had no regard for the spiritual heritage that had been given to him. He had no respect, no interest in the spiritual heritage that came from his family. You see, Nimrod was the grandson of Noah, but he wasn't anything like Noah. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 6, verse number 9, Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his time. Noah walked with God. That was his grandfather. The Bible says that Noah was a righteous man. Matthew Henry said he was sanctified and had right principles and dispositions implanted in him. That was his grandfather. He was a righteous man. The Bible says that Noah was a blameless man, which means with integrity. He was a man of integrity. And the Bible says that he walked with God. One commentator said it was his constant care to conform himself to the will of God. Now, Nimrod was the grandson of Noah. Noah, a righteous man, a blameless man, A man who walked with God. But Nimrod was nothing like his grandfather. He had no interest in the things of God. He was not committed to the word of God. Had no appreciation for the heritage that had been given to him. When I think about Nimrod, I think about many in our country who have no regard for the things of God. They have removed the Ten Commandments from school. There are some who wish to remove one nation under God from our pledge. There are those who would take in God we trust off of our currency. And I suppose the thing that bothers me as much as any about that is that they pervert the doctrine of separation of church and state to accomplish the purpose. Now, you already know, but it bears saying again that separation of church and state is not found in the Constitution. In fact, it is a reference from a letter written by Thomas Jefferson to some Baptist in Granbury, in Granbury Connecticut. Within the context of that, he was concerned that the government would infringe on the church, but today that has been perverted, so that the church does not infringe on government. There are those today like Nimrod in that they have disregard for the things of God, no appreciation for the heritage that we have received as Americans. He also disobeyed the purpose of God because the Bible tells us the purpose in Genesis chapter nine, verse number one, God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. But there is no record that Nimrod had any children. It is believed by some that he disbelieved the promises of God. You know the story of Noah, how the flood came, he built the ark, etc., At the end of that time, God put a rainbow in the sky and said, This is a sign to you. When you see this rainbow, it will be a reminder to you of my promise that I will never again destroy the earth with water. There are some Bible scholars who study Nimrod, and they have concluded that he did not believe that promise, and that is the reason that he built the tower. So the next flood, at the next flood, he could escape the flood that would come. It is said by some he might have been the first person to ask how could a loving God do this. So Nimrod was a man who had a spiritual heritage but had no appreciation for it. He ignored the purpose that God had given to his grandfather, to his family after him. And apparently he did not believe the promise that God made. We see his kingdom in chapter 10, verse number 8. Now Cush became the father of Nimrod. He became a mighty one on the earth. Mighty one literally means warrior, champion, ruler, tyrant. He established his kingdom in verse number 10 of chapter 10. And the beginning of his kingdom was Babel, and Erech, and Assad, and Kalna in the land of Shinar. You are familiar with Shinar because today Shinar is Iran, Iraq, and Jordan. So the Bible says that that is the land, Shinar. It also mentions Babel. Babel was 20 miles south of Baghdad. Babel to the Babylonians meant the gate of God. To the Hebrews, it meant a place of confusion. So we see that his kingdom was established and then his kingdom was extended in chapter 10, verse number 11. From that land, he went forth into Assyria and built Nineveh and Rehoboth, Ur, and Calah. So he extended his kingdom to other lands. He began here, but now then he begins to spread his kingdom to other lands. But his philosophy was also expanded with his conquest. And all of these places that are mentioned here became centers of paganism. So whenever you look at the history of Nimrod, he he expanded his kingdom and he also extended his philosophy, which was anti god Now we see his worldview in chapter 11, verse number 3. And they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they used brick for stone, and they used tar for mortar. And they said, Come, let us build for ourselves a city and a tower, whose top will reach into heaven. And let us make for ourselves a name, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. You'll notice that his worldview did not include a reference to God because his worldview was a humanist view or a secular view. Chapter 11, verse number 3, they said, let's make bricks. The rabbi I listened to had some interesting insight into that because he says this is revealing concerning his philosophy. Let us make bricks. You see... Bricks are man-made while stones are made by God. So we're building a city here made by man. Let us make bricks. Another characteristic of bricks is that they are uniform. They are alike. The secularist always wants everyone to be alike. God has made you, you. You're not like anyone. You are you. But the humanist always wants everyone to be alike, everything to be fair and equal. That is the motivation for the entire gender issue, I believe, because there is no male, there is no female, we're all the same, we're all alike, we're bricks. That is the secular world view. Let us make bricks and build a city. Josephus, the Jewish historian, wrote, It was done in disobedience to the command, Replenish the earth. Nimrod was not interested in populating the earth. He wanted to congregate. Let us make a name. The secularist wants to make a name for himself while the believer Wants to make God's name great. His worldview, which was his religion, was sinful, and I know that that is strange to many of us because we are constantly told that all religion is good and all religions are the same. We are simply traveling different paths to get to the same place. Doesn't make any difference if you're a Jew, a Christian, a Muslim, Hindu, doesn't make any difference. We're all traveling to the same place. We're just traveling different paths. But that is not what God has said. Abel brought an offering to God that was accepted by God. Cain brought an offering to God which was rejected by God. When the foundation on which a kingdom is built is man... Eventually, it falls. You'll see in chapter 11, verse number 5, and the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. To be honest with you, that's a little bit amusing to me because it speaks about the arrogance of man. Let's build a tower that reaches into heaven. But God had to come down to inspect it. They didn't quite get there, but we're arrogant enough enough to think that we can. The Lord spoke in verse number 6 of chapter 11, And the Lord said, Behold, they are one people, and they all have the same language. And this is what they began to do, and now nothing which they purpose to do will be impossible for them. God said that they are one people. The goal of a godless society is that we be one. That is the reason there are so many countries who are more interested in what the United Nations think than their own country. They speak the same language. If we're one people, we speak the same language. To me, that is uh, political correctness because political correctness demands that we all say the same thing. Anything that is not politically correct is unacceptable. You can't say it because it isn't politically correct. So then, they one people speak the same language. And so God said if something is not done, then nothing will be impossible to them. Folks, if you think you can peacefully coexist with this philosophy, you're badly mistaken. If something is not done, then God is saying this will prevail. So the Lord scattered them in chapter 11, verse number 8. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of the whole earth, and they stopped building the city. Scattered literally means there to dash into pieces whatever is built apart from God is doomed to fall. That's what happened to atheistic communism. It was a system that was built apart from God. And as a result, the foundation was faulty and the kingdom fell. So that was the kingdom built by Nimrod on a foundation of man. But then that is contrasted by the foundation and the kingdom of Abraham. We see God's command in chapter 12, verse number 1 to Abraham. Now the Lord said to Abram, go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I will show you. So Abraham then was instructed that he was to separate from this godless environment in which he lived. Matthew Henry said his country had become idolatrous. His kindred and his father's house were a constant temptation to him. And he could not continue with them without danger of being infected by them. Therefore God said, get thee. When the pilgrims came to this land, it was so they could come to a place to worship God freely. They wanted a place where they could worship the Lord. So God gave the command to Abraham, all right, you're going to have to get out of this place where you are. And then we see God's plan for a godly nation in chapter 12, verse number 2. And I will make you a great nation. Nimrod wanted to build a city that reached to heaven, but God said, I will make you a nation. Nimrod looked to man to build a kingdom. God said, I will make you a great nation. God goes on to speak about this nation that he would build in chapter 12, verse 2, and I will bless you. A nation built on godly principles is a nation that is blessed. I I was thinking about America yesterday while I was praying and studying for this, and I thought, my goodness, how God has blessed this country. There are so many countries that have more as far as natural resources is concerned, and yet God has blessed America. He really has. He's blessed us beyond anything we could imagine. He has blessed, and that's what he's promised. If we build on the foundation of God, he says, then I will bless you. He continues in verse number 2, and make your name great. Nimrod desired a great name. He wanted a great name. And God says, when we build on him, when we build our foundation on him, he says, then I will make your name great. He goes on in verse number 2, and so you shall be a blessing a nation that is built on the foundation of god is a blessing to others you see shinar was built apart from god and became a place of terror to others and it still is america has been a nation that was built on the foundation of god and has been a blessing to others world war ii we joined in eradicating nazism whenever there's some tragedy in the world immediately Americans respond with love and generosity to meet the needs of people around the world. In chapter 12, verse number 4, So Abraham went forth as the Lord had spoken to him. He was obedient to God's instruction. And in our history, we've not been perfect. But by and large, we have attempted to be obedient to God. Throughout our history, there has been a desire on the part of believers to be obedient to God. So God said, I will make you a great nation. So Nimrod or Abraham, we're in a struggle concerning the future of our country. Is it going to be a country that is built on God, or is it going to be a nation that is built on a godless foundation? Will we continue with a spiritual foundation that has been handed to us or will we reject it as did Nimrod to build a foundation apart from God? You see, our history reflects a nation built on God. I know that history is not taught in most universities today, many universities today, but you cannot separate America's story from the word of God. The early settlers who sailed on the Mayflower in 1620 stated that they had come for the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith. It's what those on the Mayflower said. We have come for the glory of God and the Christian faith. That was those who came on the Mayflower. The first public building that was built in this land was a church, a place of worship. The first public building built in this land was a church where the people could worship God. In 1643, there were more settlers who came to this land. They formed the New England Confederation. And wrote the first constitution in the new world. It began. Whereas we all came into these parts with one and the same end and aim. Namely to advance the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. And to enjoy the liberties of the gospel in purity and peace. That's the New England Confederation, 1643. Those people who came to build this land, to establish a foundation on which this land would be built. That is our past, but what about our future? I'm not sure. I've been praying, and I know that many of you have, that God would send revival to this land, that today especially... All across America, as preachers preach the Word of God, that people would turn to Him, that there would be revival, but I'm not sure. The Barna Research Group reported that less than 10% of Americans possess a biblical worldview. Seems strange to me since evangelical Christians make up 23% of the population. And yet, less than 10% possess a biblical worldview. 82% of Americans say they pray but are unsure as to which God they are praying to. 60% say they do not believe in the accuracy of the Bible. And those who do are said to be out of the mainstream in America. Will we turn to God, have revival? I don't know. Or will we continue down this path that we are traveling now that is void of God? Because if we do, that is doomed to failure. Thomas Jefferson wrote, can the liberties of a nation be secure when we have removed a conviction that these liberties are the gift of God, that they are not to be violated, but with His wrath. I listened intently as the rabbi spoke, because I thought that he had incredible insight As to a kingdom that is built on man and the difference of a kingdom that is built on God. If we continue, then we will have the results of Nimrod. If we are going to be a nation that is built on God, then we must separate ourselves from sin, as did Abraham, and embrace God's word on which this nation was built. In AD 14, upon hearing that Rome had been sacked, Augustine said, all earthly cities are vulnerable. Men build them and then destroy them. At the same time, there is a city of God that men did not build and cannot destroy which is everlasting. What will be our future? I think that that will largely be determined in the churches today as we decide which way we're going. Will we continue on a path that excludes God? Or will we repent of sin and turn back to God? I think largely that decision might be made today. Some of it would be made here. In a moment we're going to extend an invitation for those who have never trusted Christ that today you would. For those who are looking for a church home, our doors are open to you. And to those who are saying, God send us revival, and that is the desire of your heart, then I would ask that you just come up somewhere and get on your knees and ask the Lord send us revival our father we come at this time asking lord that your holy spirit move in our midst father revive us again remind us of our heritage that we have been a nation built on god and may we look to you once again in the name of jesus i pray amen i'm going to ask that you stand with me please as we stand the choir is going to sing As they sing, if you're without Christ, come and trust him. If you're looking for church, we'd love to have you. If you want to just come and kneel and pray, ask God for revival. I encourage you to do that while we sing. You may remain standing for just a moment. Um, this afternoon, this evening, we have celebration of liberty.